0: Welcome back guys to another episode of business from the bass boat powered by X 2 power. And guys, today we have a fantastic show lineup. One I've been excited about for a really long time, a big player in the fishing industry, in the podcast space and uh, education, which I think is a really big thing. One of the the front runners in the education space from the beginning, when it comes to bass fishing and, and folks wanting to better themselves and learning from the best. And so Without further ado, let's bring in Pete Glusick of Bass University. How's it going, hey, Pete?
1: Yeah, hey. I'm I'm doing good. I'm uh, I've been excited uh, to talk to you about this since we put it on the on the schedule. You know, we talk fishing a lot, but uh, diving into the business side of things is uh, is just as exciting to me, you know? Awesome.
0: Awesome, man. Well that's that's why I uh, created the podcast in the first case was was that side. I also have a lot of interest in. And so, uh, cool to, to share both those passions, both the fishing and the business side. Um, you would just recently, we were talking off air there and, and Bailey was down there as well, but you were just at the ASA, um, would love to hear kind of your, your thoughts there of the American sport fish association and, and, um, what, what you kind of got out of that.
1: Man, what a, what a cool event, honestly, uh, Adam. Uh, I, I got to give a, a, a little shout out to Ken Duke of the uh, Fishing Tackle retailer who has been encouraging me and kind of nudging me to attend and uh, not, not really knowing what it is because, honestly, there's not a lot of uh, uh, detailed information about what takes place there. So you're kind of taking a leap of faith um, that this is going to be something that that that's good for business and uh you know helpful in what we're trying to do so i took that leap of faith courtesy of ken and boy what what an event man it's called the asa summit and it it was in new orleans this year they move it around and man if i had to sum it up (laughs) it's every decision maker every business owner in our industry wow is and it, it, I mean, from uh, media people, um, owners of m- major tournament trails, um, you know, uh, business owners from Yamaha to Aftco. as you can see, my notification uh, bell, <laughs> bell turned that what we you're attempted to good. accomplish did you not tried. work. <laughs> <laughs> all good. But um, but everybody's there. Everybody's housed in, in one place. Uh, and, and you're able to interact in a way that that was, you know, quite a surprise to me because we spend, you know, my interaction with with, with folks like that previously is that I cast or maybe at the classic and you, it's so busy. You have so many, you know, things pulling you in different directions, things that you're responsible for things you have to do. But this is a place where that's all removed and mm-hmm. you've got a, a bunch of, of business people and uh you know where where you can talk and learn um what man some of the most valuable things to me adam were like things that i'm facing in my business sure i want to i don't have people to lean on like uh hey have you guys ever seen this like we're about to face a potential recession Mm -hmm. where the unemployment is not affected like what what are you guys expecting (laughs) you know
0: yeah Uh, and being able to bounce that around with other business owners in the industry and that kind of a thing
1: they've been here a lot of them in business for a decade more than me or or more 20 years more than me they've seen other types of recessions or expansions they've uh and they're still here so right they've been successful what did they you know how were they able to do that and you know and and being able to share that that with those Uh, with those people was just amazing. And they had some marquee uh, keynote speakers, Mm. economists, uh, um, an economist, you know, comes to mind. We're looking into the future on, you know, what we can see or expect as as an industry and to help us, help me plan, help me make hiring decisions, uh, purchasing decisions, advertising decisions, man. Oh man. I'm, I'm, I, I come out of there, like just raging. Like I, I have, I I have clarity or at least a a better sense of direction than, um, than I had before I went priceless. Really. That's cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, and I mean so much of that too, those, those, those decisions when you're in this space of not, um, knowing right. Of, of kind of we're in this space where a lot of people are are getting nervous about the economy and okay, what does this mean? What does this mean for our industry? And just to have like, my thought process has always been, my dad taught me this a long time ago, like when in doubt, like when you're in a, in a situation where your, your clarity is like, get more education, right. And, and get educated. And that helps you better your decision-making and, and uh, get you some more clarity. So it sounds like that did a, a bunch of that for you.
1: It, it really did. Uh, it, co- it connected me with companies that, and, Here's another great one. We have great relationships with a lot of companies, like Rapala, for example. Uh, Cash yeah. and fishing rods has been with us for a long time. Well, you really get some quality time with your partners to talk about how you can help their their business, how you can work better together. Uh, that was all. So you you get to advance existing relationships. Mm. Talk, talk with. Uh, just uh, countless other companies that like what bash university is about. And they wanted to explore a relationship with us, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so that existed there too. Um, So, so much. And it's such a diverse uh, situation going on. ASA is also very active from a governmental perspective in protecting anglers rights.
0: Cool. Uh, On the conservation side and, and abilities for English to get to water, kind of a thing.
1: It's that, that here, this is, this is kind of complex. If you, maybe if you're listening to it for the first time, but mm-hmm. there's, uh, we're all as outdoors people, right? We, we have a, a vested interest in the conservation of the resource, right? We want to, sure. we want to protect that resource. We want to make it available, uh, for the future and, and, you know, from clean water to, you know, protecting the habitat. And then, but we also have a very in interest, strong interest in our rights to be able to harvest if we choose to, or use that resource. Sure. And some, sometimes that line between those two is not crystal. It's, um, it's kind of a very, it can be a very complex issue okay. that gets involved with government. And because like right now, like California is, is uh, proposing to block recreational angling in a significant part of the coast. Uh, really, I had no they, idea. They, they are um, there. We, I learned about that. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on in California. I'm an East Coast guy, so we don't get that news. But there's things in Florida. ASA is out there fighting for us, right? They're, they're, they're an advocating
0: and, and, and being that person.
1: They are they they under they're a very sharp group of people over there um, that understand how the the governmental process works, how to deal with uh, politicians, to laws, to lobbying, and uh, and that's something foreign to me, you know. So yeah, uh, it it I love to be part of that, and, and we you know at Bass University we recognize this too uh two companies that that I want to just recognize too is is aftco and yamaha yeah. uh that are leading the charge in um you know protecting the environment protecting the resource advocating for anglers rights uh two two great companies so you know at bash U, we, we see this we want to we want to go down that road i have an environmental engineering degree um, cool. which you know, I started working in the environmental field. So, what I wanted to do is, I hired an environmental uh, conservation director. Um, Very uh, cool. Brought him into Bass University. Actually, he was my boss uh, back when I. No was,
0: way! Back That's back, awesome.
1: Yeah, but and but his name is Craig Duran. Some of you you can uh, find him on social as the Eco Bass Angler.
0: And, okay. Uh, you may have talked about him before on one of your shows. I think I've heard that name anyway.
1: Yeah. He's, he's been on our show quite a bit and, uh, but, but Craig's, you know, terrific. And he's a, he's president of a company called TTI environmental and he is now, he's part of bash U in this regard. So he, one of the first things that we, we want, we wanted to do was take, we had a few anglers access issues here in our state. So we wanted to take some action. Well, you know, there was like a, a homeowner organization was, um, um, their dam failed, so they had to use state funding. They requested state funding to get their multi-million dollar dam rebuilt. And oh, wow. the state came in and built the launch ramp facility and stocked the lake. And then the homeowner organization is clamping down on what boats we can use on the lake.
0: Oh, and, and they, it's like they,
1: it's they, a state resource. because it's he, state, Yeah. Exactly. It's a state-funded project now that we're using our fishing license earnings and our our uh our taxes from from purchasing fishing equipment is going to you know build this dam and and anyway there so they didn't want boats that were over a certain length or you you all types of restrictions that they were putting on this body of water and we we said no, we, you know, this, we want, we want to be able to fish this lake. So we took some action. We, uh, we got involved with uh, some governmental agencies and, and uh, some private uh, advisors on how to go about this process. And ASA got behind it with mm-hmm. us and, and are helping us um, rectify this situation. So, and I thought, you know, that's a little tiny teeny little issue on a little bitty Lake here yeah. where, where we are, but, uh, ASA had the foresight to say, you know what, if if this can be done on a little small scale like this in New Jersey, it could be done anywhere in Texas or California. They could, you know, so they they wanted to help set the precedent that no, sure. this this was unlawful. It's unfair, and and they advocated for us and still are. So it's uh, um, it's pretty. So the organization is very diverse. Um, uh, mm-hmm. if you, I recommend if you're a business in the fishing space, mm-hmm. getting, you know, get involved, uh, become a men, member of the ASA. And, uh, and if you can, you know, come, come to the ASA summit next year, it's going to be in October down in Florida next year. So, oh, uh, nice. you know, I, I expect, to, if at all possible to, to be there for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's, and this was your first, first summit with ASA.
1: It, yeah it yes. it was first time experience you know it was eye opening
0: yeah that's well i just um that thanks for all the insight there and for folks listening we have a lot of listenership that are uh either employees or owners in the fishing community mm-hmm. and um i think that that's a huge thing my experience you know relatively new to this space have now attended a couple classics in ICAST, and those have been fantastic experiences and have been able to network in those environments. But like you said, definitely, especially the classic, very crowded, um, a lot of uh, a lot going on there. So uh, that's cool that it's, it's a little bit more centralized and you can bounce ideas off of people um, and your, your current partners and develop new relationships. It's cool that it's a little bit uh, uh, a different setting. It sounds like
1: it it is. It's if you could imagine being at the classic with all the vendors and companies that are there and just remove all the fanfare um, from that environment. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, Uh, It's it's a bunch of uh, people that really just want to do good business Mm -hmm. and protect our sport and expand our sport. Speaking of which, that's another thing I learned about our sport uh, at the Summit uh, was the expansion of the sport um, is getting to kids before they're 12. That's the magic number. Uh, So
0: getting them into fishing before they're 12 years old, you're saying?
1: The statistics, the ASA research shows overwhelmingly uh, okay. a, a kid of, oh, you know, male, female, doesn't matter. They get exposed to the sport of fishing before the age of 12, they will be a lifelong angler. Wow. If if they get exposed after 12, not so much. Harder chance. Wow. Hard, harder chance. So we got to, we got to hook them young. Uh, yeah. You know, and, um, and so that's really once again, it's it's, it's it, for my business. I don't know how impactful it will be. Maybe in the long run, it'll be good. But for the sport, it, it's more uh, important to me to develop content for for that younger
0: younger. Person. Yeah.
1: Now we have beginners content at Bashu, but mm-hmm. our even our beginners content kind of leaps ahead. Like you, you know, you you are going to need to know a little bit to be able to get started. So I want
0: knowledge in general, and just just hooks and basic basic stuff. You're saying to then go more into the bass fishing side of things. Yeah, How's but, it currently.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm thinking about a mom or dad and their their kid, and right. that's ten years old that have never been fishing. Mm. How can I help them down that path? Like to have a positive experience on their first trip
0: very cool um well and that's that that is so interesting to me right now and i wonder uh if the data supports this at all in the fishing world or how you could do this um right now in the hunting space i'm a big outdoorsman in general big into hunting we're having a, a good amount of adult onset hunters someone who has grown up who has never hunted had never been in the woods but now wants to have that ability to harvest an animal and get that experience. So we're starting to see, um, both at least in our States, uh, videos and stuff and outreach programs. And then, you know, big companies like meat eater who are trying to gear stuff towards, uh, the learning side for people who have never, you know, didn't, I mean, if you didn't have your dad or an uncle take you into the woods, it's very hard to get into hunting. And so that's a, uh, you know, there's maybe some parallels there in the fishing space. I wonder if you can also, you know, down the road, getting that parent who's never fished before to teach their kid. And that's just a, it's a kind of a cool analogy or comparison.
1: It is. And they recognize it too. Uh, we work with the Ike foundation, you know, of course, (laughs) Ike's got a great foundation that, that introduces fishing to kids. And, um, you know, we want, we're going to support that, but I want to create some content that, that a person can come and, 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 uh, and, and, take it on for the first time. And it, I think that's, that's an, that's an important step for us. Cause we, I just, it, it's not going to build our business that much, but it's going to help the sport, you know? And, yeah. and that, and that that's one of the things that I, that I took out of this is, heck, we, we've all got to work together as a group because, you know, we're, we're, we're battling video games and uh, you know, there's, there's forces that want to shut us down. Uh, you know, as a blood sport there, you know, there's, there's a lot of four, you know, forces out there. So I think, you know, that's one of the things that I really took to heart from this summit was that we need to lock arms as a, as a group of of businesses and people that are involved in this and, uh, and, and work together to, to grow it. Uh, So that's, that's certainly something that I'm going to try to do with Bass university moving forward.
0: I like it. I like it. Awesome, man. Well, that sounds like you got some great stuff out of that. Um, I was curious. We had talked a little off air, but and we still uh, you know, you're an opens angler, you fish the BFLs sometimes, the some of the Toyota series, all that stuff, especially up by you kind of in that northeast area. Um, you know, a lot of changes in our industry right now, both on the open side, Toyota side, and I'm curious. Um what what are your current plans for next year or do you have them set in stone yet what are you looking at for 2023 on a personal fishing level
1: yeah it's it's a good question because i don't know yet Adam. <laughs> <laughs> there we <you> go man <laughs> it's kind it's complex it, it, you know um i i talk to people that like i've been i started my tournament fishing career back in 1997 that was I was full time on tour at the Bassmaster Top 100s. That's what mm-hmm. they used to call it before they call it the the elites. Yeah, and, and I did that for ten years, and then I switched wow. over to the FLW tour, and I did that for another seven or eight years. So I was I was about fifteen to eighteen years out on tour, and um and then I started bass you and now now my fish. But a lot of people that have done that like they're out of fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I love it. I love, like, I mean, I love fishing these tournaments. I still, it still consumes my thoughts. I love the uh, patterning fish and, you know, trying to understand the movements, try to try to understand the developing patterns, which just uh, is the key to winning. Sure. And, um, you know, so I'm, 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 I love it. I'm consumed by it. And, uh, you know, so yeah, I keep, uh, I keep fishing the Opens. I keep that on my calendar and, um, you know, or or the Toyotas or whatever it may be. Uh, last year I did the BFLs. which yeah. you know, I do it for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, I just love it. You're right. So I just I want to keep at it. But number two, it also it keeps me relevant in the as an instructor in, mm. in the fishing space. And it also allows me to interact and connect with our, our audience, which is out there. So sure. yeah, there's 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 a number of really good reasons to participate. But what um what I'm looking at right now is um is the opens uh there's nine tournaments Do that's a lot of tournaments for someone yeah, like me a
0: structure with- to, to to qualify for the elite series, right? Right. Yeah and,
1: and, and although qualifying for the elite series is not a goal of mine. Uh, I fish the opens to qualify for the classic. That's, that's that's my objective. And, uh, so, but, um, you know, then I talked with, uh, with Chase Anderson from Bass, uh, down at the summit and, 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 and Tim Creaney, another, uh, Bass representative. And I was talking about the opens and, uh, they're, they're trying to, they're deciding now how much of the opens are going to be televised next year. Because this year they only televised the final day yep. of of the last tournament, and that the was last
0: it. ones. Or, oh, it was just this single last one. It was what well,
1: was the each division the final tournament in each division okay. on the opens got televised, and um, ne- they're looking at uh, possibly doing more. Uh, they're cool. exploring that option. Well, yeah. if that happens, now it becomes a much more a viable. Mm. a promotional tool for someone like me or for the 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 new people trying to qualify for the elites because now you have a, a much bigger platform to sell mm. uh, to potential sponsors. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so you know, so I'm I'm actually you know, I'm thinking about the 9 tournaments, you know, um okay. as a possibility for me, but I'm I'm going to, I'm going to commit to what was the Northern division, but it's been, I think it's division three, they call it now. Um, So I'm going to commit to that. And uh, other than that, I don't know the BFLs. I love those. Um, That's a great, you know, like I said, I am able to connect with uh, the anglers that are our subscribers and, and the bodies of water are all, are all close. They're all half a day drive. And, um, and I, I get to get my fix of tournament fishing and, you know, so I you may see me do BFLs, The Toyotas are a great tournament trail, always great bodies of water. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll see what next year brings. But I, I will at least do Division three of the Opens.
0: Gotcha. OK. And, uh, and and this is maybe escaping my head right now. So if you are not signed up for all nine of the Opens, if you're just doing a division like you're talking about, Division three of the Opens, can you still qualify for the Classic by winning one of those tournaments?
1: That is, they kept that, which okay, is influential to me.
0: Sure. Uh, so that'll
1: keep me fishing. Uh, but yes, if you're you, it's still winning, you're in uh, for each of the divisions, but you lose the opportunity uh, to qualify for the elites, by the way, do not like that. I'm just, I do not, I've said it on my podcast before. I'm not a fan. Of, I, I understand what they're uh, and what they're trying to accomplish and they they've said it uh, to me and and on their, you know sites a number of times they're trying to develop an angler that's ready for the elites, you know, they 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 want qualifiers to be well rounded that have a, a strong chance of being able to be competitive out on the elites and that's what they're trying to to create through this new qualification process. But uh, for me. I don't like it. I, I I I I understand that, but at the same time, man, the guy that's got a couple kids that's that's trying to live a dream, there's no way he's he's bailing. He's going to be able to manage nine tournaments a year. Uh, the kid that's coming out of college, uh, that's out of his reach most mostly. Um, it's you know, I really like the elites being a little bit more accessible by just having uh being able to qualify from from three or four tournaments um so you know that's that's that's
0: my opinion on it you know yeah yeah and and i'll be honest i mean my my opinion has been a little bit of the opposite there um i see both sides i'm more on the opinion of the of the nine for developing anglers and that's just i mean from my perspective i've always viewed it so i fished uh the toyota series last year or two years ago and then i fished one as a boater this last year and took some time to learn and fished a bunch of stuff as a co-angler, mostly Toyotas one open just on the traveling, um, flying to tournaments, that kind of a thing just to, to see other parts of the country. Um, but my thought has always been um, at least the Toyotas in my eyes have always been a better option on that single small division uh, three tournament series for the championship side. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I've always thought it is uh, the, the, the unfortunate thing with the, the current opens has been always a kind of selling a dream to make that elites out of three tournaments is a, I mean, very low odds of, of actually qualifying for the elites in that, that three tournament series. Um, but my concern has always been, okay, once you get there, how are you going to afford nine tournaments? And we all know the elite series aren't free, um, you know, and, and that sponsor back. And so I see, and I, and I'm on, on both sides because I think it does ruin a lot of guys, um, dreams of fishing on the Bassmaster elite series but it's also like well you know it was your better situation to find a way by trying to get to that point to where you can fish nine whether that's building a business to then go out and do it whether that's um finding a career path that's different but the trick is like i think it also just is you got to decide to yourself on how how much you're willing to give up um on on you know like you're talking about getting your fix i'm starting to realize in that same boat maybe a division of the toyota series is Right now, I'm a lot more comfortable and like doing. I get my tournament fix in, um, and that kind of a thing. But I'm also still able to progress career wise, and and so uh, I don't know. There's a lot there, and I'm curious. Yeah. I'm really curious to see by 2023 what really you know happens, and uh, especially with the economy and like how many anglers do what. It's going to be a really interesting year to follow tournaments next year. I think it
1: it is because you've got a lot of dynamics there uh, now the nine tournaments which i would they have 50 guys or less that did them all this year yeah uh, i think
0: by the end of it i think in the beginning they had 80 or so signed up but you know there's that drop off if you're not doing well in the points yeah. in the division, you'll see guys kind of dump um, yep. towards the end of the season
1: yeah well i you know i think there's going to be a big influx of mlf uh competitors right in in the opens this year so I, I would conceivably see well over a hundred and 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 super talented uh anglers jumping in the in the mix, uh, veterans, you know, the 10, 20 year veterans coming over to uh try to re-qualify for the elites. I I've heard the rumors. We'll you see do. we'll see what happens, but it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a tough road to hoe. Uh mm-hmm. it always is, you know, but um you know, it's it's gonna be interesting to see. You're right. MLF's going to the heaviest five fish now, uh, as they're um they've they've morphed their tournaments. Lot lot of lot of dynamics going on, you know. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it, it really is, you know. But it's fun. It I, is. I can tell you this, uh we, we uh on on the Ike Live podcast last night, we had Jay Kumar mm-hmm. on and we nice. had been talking Talking about the live components of the tournaments. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel, but I absolutely love watching the
0: live. Oh, it's a problem. I watch it all the time, Pete. I mean, like, it is a, it is a, I, it, I have it playing if I'm working on the boat. I have it playing if I'm kind of working. I have it. It's just, man, it is, <laughs> it, it consumes me. I right
1: actually, I actually have to turn it off like if I have a, an important task I have to get rid of it. I got to get rid of it because it, it consumes me. I keep it on like you might listen to a baseball game. I was telling them last night that um, you know uh, like I'll fish and I'm so I'm so into it that I have it playing while I'm fishing.
0: <laughs> I wish I could say differently but same. I'll have my iPad sitting there. While yep. I'm looking at scope below me, <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> it is a it is a problem, and you, you can and
1: I'll fish, and you listen. You're listening for the voice inflection, you know, because you can tell when somebody's catching something, and uh, you know you stop for a second and, and see what's going on. But uh, but yeah, I'm saying so, and I think um, I think the viewership is saying that too. Like uh, uh, the and even the, the I just heard a stat that the open that I fished that I, um, you know, so
0: eloquently I fell in say, water on. You graciously you graciously <laughs> take a dive is ten point dive. Like man, it was beautiful. <laughs>
1: that, well, they were saying that that um, that Saturday viewership was higher than several of the elite finals. Wow. Yeah. So, and that's what I I told them too. Like. I am equally interested in the opens 100%. At, as I am the elites it's kind of like a guy that might be in the college football versus the pros you know. And um and I love I love seeing the new crop of guys coming in and uh you know watching the competition. So I'm all in on live. I don't know how you feel but I Well obviously I do yeah. now. You love yeah. it
0: too. Yeah, well, and I, I just think about the amount of uh, text conversations and calls that I have with friends in the industry, out of the industry that are all consumed with, hey, what's the point race doing in the Opens? Who's going who's gonna to make it into the Elite Series? And having a live component to that, I've always thought, you know, when I when it first saw that uh, um, Bassmaster Opens were going to be live, you know, um, I didn't realize at first that it was just the final day. And then it was like, oh, only a couple of these tournaments. But I was really hoping that they were going to try and push that. And I understand it's an extremely high cost there mm-hmm. uh, with that. But goodness, there is a viewership in my eyes that that would be willing to follow that. And I, and I, they
1: they recognize that. But you said it. You know. You know. You said it exactly right. It's a big cost. Mm-hmm. So they they're going to need uh, sponsorship funding. Um, you know, some type of revenue because. I mean, and I, and I don't know these, I, I, I had a, I heard that the numbers are around 30 to 40,000 a day wow. is, is what the costs are to
0: broadcast. All those camera boats, all the, yeah, all the camera people. I mean, just, yeah, there's, there's, and then uh studio, I mean, you yeah. got, yeah. All, yeah,
1: all, all that wrapped up in is is about a 30 to $40,000 a day cost. So yeah, there's gotta be, it's got to generate the revenue, uh, in order for them to be able to do it. And I, I understand that, but I would love, man, absolutely love to see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, but well, that's cool. And and that's cool too. Um, hopefully they'd make that decision sooner than later to maybe, uh, incentivize guys to sign up for the opens that maybe we're considering. And now you have, like you said, more ability to go to sponsors and say, Hey, these are televised events now, or at least the final day is televised. Um, So that, that's a, that's a cool thing. And I hope that follows through.
1: I think that will be real helpful. You say I I agree with you that, that will give the guys the ability to sell sponsorships uh, at least start that relationship versus if they don't have that, like I said, you're going to have to find some kind of angel investors or, you know, some type of revenue or business like create your business or maybe have some money that to get started with because otherwise i mean look what what do you think that's going to cost man it's like uh 1800 bucks times nine yeah uh double that for expenses you know you're you're 50 to seventy thousand dollars that you have to pay to play yeah and that that doesn't include tackle lures insurance boat and truck payments and all that crap you know
0: no it is yeah you're you're not wrong it is a extremely Uh, high overhead cost with little return on the open side um so i agree hopefully they they have some ability there to grow that sponsorship side um because that's the only way that or starting a business to me that i see it being like some a reasonable decision to go do something um from from that outside you know we all we all love tournament fishing we love that stuff and that's a it certainly makes it difficult
1: it it does but but uh well, it looks, I love it, man. I just, uh, did the, just the three tournaments I'm already consumed by. I'm like, I'm, them. we've got Watts bar on the schedule. I know nothing about, I fished there for two hours one day. Uh, yeah. that's, that's the only time I've ever spent there, but I, I really look forward to it here. They have grass there. So my, my brain's already starting to go through potential patterns there. We're going to be on Kerr reservoir, which is, uh, iconic fishery in my part of the country that we don't get to visit very often and we'll Especially be there. At the
0: scale right i mean i i don't i don't know the last time i have heard of a kerr reservoir on kind of that triple or pro level it's i fished uh i have
1: a trophy up there from kerr reservoir that was the early 2000
0: nice which, uh wow.
1: is is the is is the last time there was june of two i think 2006 or two or something anyway it's been been quite a while yeah but but one of the coolest parts is uh the the, being there in the spring because it's a it's a a flood control reservoir and and the spring rains will flood the bushes oh wow for 30 years like that was the place man when that when we had the warm spring rains that flooded man, you get your flipping stick and everybody would talk about going down there and catching the giant bass, you know, out of the bushes down there. So it's, uh, we're going to be there that exact time of year. So it'll be fun. Oh, nice. You
0: know? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Excited to follow that. Um, you know, I, this has all been such good industry conversation, Pete, but I really want to get into your, uh, the story of Bass U. Um, You know, like you said, you were into this tournament fishing thing Touring guy, when did it all start for you, and um, where did you see kind of the need? I guess more than anything, I'd love to just get into the story.
1: Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's crazy how it started. We've been doing seminars, I like. I'm I'm, my partner is Mike Iconelli, most people know that, uh, but he and I uh started about at the same time, uh, and we we did a lot of uh seminars throughout the country, and we actually worked for. Um, they, it was Bass Master University is, is, is what it was. And we, we traveled doing seminars for them and there was ESPN purchased bass, um, quite a few years ago. And one of the first things they did was they looked at this program and, and, uh, didn't see the massive revenue potential of it and they
0: killed it. Wow. And, and so and you it, saw that, that they were they were looking at that and decided to kill her. or how did you find out that they weren't gonna do it? I didn't get a job the next year. <laughs> I see. You know, so I was on the outs, you know, I wasn't, you know,
1: privy to any of that intel and yeah, and, but I noticed that, that I, I know it was important to me to to get a lot of seminars, so that helped pay my entry fees and my mortgage, you know, through yeah the upcoming year of being out on tour. So all of a sudden. You know, I took a, a big chunk of my income and whew, it was gone. Yeah. So it, it stayed gone. I tried to replace it. You know, you try to, you know, do what you can to get seminars in a different way. And, and Mike and I looked at this and looked at this at another year goes by. And we're, we're like, you know what, let's, let's just do this ourselves. Okay. Um, and we built a, a business plan and we, um, we, we decided to to get after it and uh looking at it is, is, is pretty awesome because I was looking at it like I need this will help me this will get that big chunk of money back and be able to pay my entry fee you know help me with my entry fee so we did this we started we rolled out the first year and you know i'm I'm ready to collect my my chunk of money you know my little chunk that's gonna help me. Yeah, and, and we lost $25,000 first
0: year <laughs> off to a
1: bang. <laughs> so yeah, it was like, it's like, man, like I, it's the accomplished the exact opposite thing, but you know, you gotta, you know, I wasn't, yeah, I guess you're an entrepreneur as an angler, right? You're selling sponsorships. Uh, but this, this was different, you know, um, you' you're a business owner you've got to learn how to you know deal with pL's p l statements and mm-hmm. budgets and you have to you know you got you got to watch expenses differently, uh, especially with a lot of moving parts and you, these things can slip through your fingers because you're trying to be a pro angler, you're trying to run a business. Right. it's like man it's a lot and uh, mm-hmm. so yeah we lost money our first year uh, the second year. Uh, I figured out how to fix it sort of. And we, we broke even, okay. we broke even for a couple years. Okay. Um, and it wasn't, and, and you hear this all the time, like three to five years until a business can expect to be profitable. Mm-hmm. And we were right there. We were, I think it was our fourth or fifth year that we finally saw a modest profit. Wow. And, uh, the, um, you know, so that was. I learned a lot of learning, learning how to make good decisions, learning how not to lose money, uh, and then learning to be profitable. And that was, you know, that was big. So we, you know, that Bashu is now a profitable business and we're, we're, we're doing seminars. We're hiring a lot of the pros, um, which
0: in the beginning, I was curious. So in the beginning there, when you're just starting with you and Mike, I mean, was that, um, were you two just doing the seminars or were at that point, were you hiring pros to come in and and do a show?
1: We were hiring pros. uh, And and that was important to me and Mike. Uh, Mm -hmm. We, when we crafted this business, we wanted to make sure that we took care of guys like us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we wanted to pay a fair market value and, you know, provide, help them, you know, take care of their business. Uh that and that was just an important part of our business model. And we're proud of that. That we've hired 120 different professional anglers wow. um over over the years. Um and many of them, you know, we've we've used like Ish Monroe has been with us since day one, as mm-hmm. has John Cruz and um, you know, so many others that have Gerald Swindle and
0: uh you name it. um and but that those guys too get uh especially i mean i think about in those those early years when i mean like kind of before the big social media boom and all that of of being at a um at a seminar and sh- you know being this guy in front of these people all these people want to meet this person and just growing your name too i mean that is that is huge just from the angler perspective and and that's
1: that's a big part of it because we're 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 Compensating that pro, and we're promoting him uh, greatly. So we're we're and we're helping sell his products that he supports.
0: He's talking about his sponsors, his baits. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah,
1: and that's what the consumer wants. They want they you know if, if they listen to Greg Hackney talk about the Hack Attack jig. I mean, and they they want to buy that exact one. And you know, so it's a win win all around uh but i you know bringing it back to the beginning i forgot a very important part of the story okay is when we lost those sponsored or those uh speaking engagements when they killed the program mm-hmm. this was happening in around 08 2008 wow. and right yeah. so i this was this was the really the driving force behind us starting this is this was the most, th- this was the most devastating event in my personal uh, career really in, in my business life was at the top of my game. I had won uh, um, uh they call them strands or ever starts. What do they call Toyota series. Now yes. yeah, I had yeah. won one in Oh six. I had won one in Oh wow. seven. I in the FLW tour, I had captured a, a check in a virtually every tournament for almost a two-year period. I was fishing really at the absolute of the top, top of my game. In two weeks, I lost 90% of my sponsorship revenue. Holy in two moly. Two weeks. It was call after call. Pete, uh, we're, we're having to uh, reduce our marketing budget. Uh, we have, we're going to have to eliminate your compensation. It's product only moving forward. Uh, Pete, we're going to have to cut your contract by 50%. Um, and honestly, I was thankful to keep the contracts because the budgets were getting slashed by everybody. And, uh, you know, and I woke up after, you know, just, just, I'm so ready to go. I'm, I'm like, this is, I've never fished better. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and now to be looking, forward like how there's how can I I don't I can't take my savings and give it all back you know how am I going to continue down this course and and that was that's what put me over the edge to get this business started I'm like I want to do something to take uh, the economics of my life and my business back in my control you know where I'm not dependent on other people's businesses um I'm in control and uh and that's that's really the reason the the main thrust of why Bash university exists today was the crash of 08
0: that that is that is awesome to hear i mean and, and the amount of businesses that have come out of the 2008 recession right huge massive and just incredible businesses because of situations like that but what you just said there along the lines of of taking control of your finances that is something um that i think is a message that is somewhat missed to anglers. Um, you know, I, I kind of sometimes I get frustrated with how um, people talk so negatively on on this sport and this this uh, woe is me mentality. On oh well, I can't get the sponsors. I can't, you know. To me, and there's so many struggles in this sport to because of the finances, but not enough is talked about of saying, hey, if I want to do this, why can't I go start a business? Um, that is going to give me that control and that ability and, um, take that, take that responsibility on yourself. So, uh, I just appreciate you sharing that. I think that it's a message that is important and, uh, you know, is, is doable for people. It, it, it but it's not easy, no. you
1: know, it is no. not like, okay, I'm just going to do that. And I, I will say in today's social media age, you may, there may be more, even more opportunities for you to take control. Mm. Uh, than than even existed, you know, when we started, but uh, but it it you you're, I mean, you've got to work. It, there it, it is it is not an easy solution. It's a hard solution, but being able to be in control of that and build that, um, well, it gives me a tremendous sense of pride because we, you know, I've walked through the gutter with it. I've battled the the losses and you know learned you know learn it's to me it's just like fishing man it's like business is it's like oh my gosh it's it's 11 o'clock and i don't have a fish in the live well you know <laughs> it's like all right what i'm doing is not working i've got i i've got to flip the script and yeah, and business is just like that you know you get these trends and tendencies and you know you've got to learn from your mistakes and and you know from your correct decisions you've got to you know, try to scale those. And, um, but it's, it's, it, you know, it's great. It, it, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's very, very interesting. I like being an entrepreneur. I like being uh, in control of those decisions. And uh, it's been a wild ride, Adam.
0: Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. No, that's just, uh, that's crazy to hear. Like you said, thanks for bringing that detail of 2008. Um, and I just, and I'm curious on your Especially just coming from the ASA, have you, you know, talking to these folks who have maybe been in the marketing roles since during that, that recessionary time period, and I don't think we're going to be in nearly as of a dire situation as in 2008, but have you started to hear rumblings of sponsorship budgets um, being, being cut uh, in 2023? Do you feel like that is going to affect anglers um, in the industry in general in the, in the coming year?
1: I I 100% feel like it's going to because companies they they don't have a crystal ball, right? So the it's not like what you said is probably true, but that it's not going to be like 08, it's not going to be that dramatic. But honestly, we don't know. It could yeah. be. Right? Yeah. It could be worse. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of the, one of the most unusual things and and we and I learned uh, learned this from ASA summit was uh where this uh, economic situation that we we're facing where interest rates are soaring is not it's typically accompanied by unemployment rates rising mm-hmm. and, and here's the unemployment
0: rates historically <laughs>
1: increase fishing license sales
0: really that's a wild thing so when yeah. people don't have jobs they go fishing
1: they have more time they go fishing <laughs> They buy fishing licenses and they go fishing. So we've seen this. I remember I had a a conversation with Ray Scott about this. Mm -hmm. uh, And he said, every recession is you'll see an increase in fishing license sales. And he's wild. Isn't it? Isn't it wild? But we're not seeing that. Like uh, the job, uh, the jobs are up. Yeah. Market,
0: job market's still very strong.
1: It's very strong. It's, it's plateaued. If anything, or Huh. It's just been steady. It hasn't, we have, don't have a rise in unemployment. <clears throat> Some economists think we might see a rise in unemployment in 2023. But as a business owner, right, you're involved in this. You have a marketing budget. Um, you're, you're, we're, most businesses are seeing revenues that are similar to 2019 now, right? The 20, the the boom of COVID, you know, yeah. a lot of those fishing licensed buyers have gone back to football or, you know, whatever they were doing before, they they're they're going back to it. So we're we're seeing that um we're seeing the numbers that are, you know, more in line with what 2019 or 2020 numbers were. So as a if you're in control of a multi million dollar marketing budget, what are you gonna do? you're going to probably be conservative.
0: A little more conservative. And, and I think about just with the interest rate point, um, and my background is in, in finance stuff. I mean, like, I think about how much of this industry, and just recently had a um, rec lending on talking about the finance side of things. And it's like, how much of this industry is financed, not even just from the consumer side, but when you're talking about a dealership that has a floor of boats financed, and then those rates change. And now you're talking, you know, you're thousands and tens of thousands of dollars additionally in interest. Then I think of tackle shops. and Like you said, if you've been um, building out employees, building out all this, all this stuff, because 2020, 2021 were so good. And then now it's like, okay, demand slowing how much of that do you need to cut back and how quickly because how long are you going to be in this time? You know, I just, that stuff to me is uh, uh, I love thinking about it all. And I am also glad I'm not in a position of owning something where I'm having to make those big decisions right now. Uh, But it's just, uh, it's crazy to me. You
1: said it's uncertain future and uncertainty uh, usually demands a conservative decision. Mm -hmm. And, and I, so I think anglers are going to see, I think they're going to take a hit. I think the tournament organizations are going to take a hit. I think you're going to see um, uh, possibly some tournament organizations go down or cut back. Um, You know, I don't know because now um, I think companies are being forced to choose, like where they might be able to support the MPFL, the MLF, and Bassmasters. Well, guess what? In 2023, you might only get one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm curious too, and I and I haven't really thought through the numbers on this, but just from an outside perspective or get your gauge of someone who's been in the industry a long time, I mean, do you do you what what percentage do you feel like a tournament organization of their income comes from sponsorship dollars versus um tournament entry fees? Uh, you know, obviously payouts and all that uh are have always been a hot topic with anglers and seeing some of that stuff. What's your gut feeling on, on when, what their income, you know, where's it, is it mostly coming from the sponsorship side? Man, that's a great question. And, um, I don't
1: know, uh, I'll guess with you, um, you know, the entry fees, you know, we're in my looking at it and living in it. We're basically fishing for our own money, right? You know, (laughs) we're putting money into a pot and it's getting paid back out, um, the elite series, I think, um, and, and a lot of the, the what MLF tried to do was they tried to pay, do like 150% payout or almost a 200. So you were actually getting some money pushed in from yep. sponsorships. Um, they, you know, so yeah, to, to me, I, I believe it's, it's advertisers and sponsorships is where their revenue stream comes from. Uh, it, You know, historically, that's the magazine business model, right? The subscriptions for the magazine would pay for the publishing. And the revenue came from the ads. Okay. Gotcha. You know, that's, that's kind of how that worked. And I think that's, that's kind of how the tournament organization works. Fishermen are fishing, you know, they're, they're paying, they're fishing for their own dollars. Maybe they throw a few bucks in for us on the top level now on the opens and the, and the BFL, BFL level. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 That mo- that money's, that money's flowing up. You know? I agree.
0: I think there's that flowing it's, it's flowing up to that. Like you said, to, to maybe help with some of that 150%, 200% payback at that top tier. Um, mm-hmm. and then obviously the ad revenue and stuff, but I just, uh, Gosh. Yeah. I think running a tournament organization is just crazy tough and the margins are slim. I think it's a tough deal. Uh, when you're in, and like you said, I mean, this isn't a, uh, an economy driven sport. I mean, we're all going to fish, right? I mean, recession or not, it's going to happen. It's just like, you know, are you going to, are you going to wait to buy that boat? this next year, or are you going to wait a couple of years, you know, and it, like those additional costs of maybe I don't need to upgrade this graph this year. So some of that stuff, I think changes in consumers minds.
1: Yep. I, I think you're right. I think, uh, it'll be interesting to, uh, to see what, what happens with the tournament trails and, and how they do play out this year. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm optimistic. Let's, let's just say I'm, that, I'm you optimistic. know, the economy is going to turn around. It's going to explode in, in January and, uh, and do, do a little of this and then
0: go boom
1: there wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice you know
0: I, I don't like it
1: i would i would love that but i i the i will you know to continue down the road a little bit with bash you there was yeah. a, a monumental shift in in uh in our business that um and and i think was really credits um our success or, or, or the reason one of the major reasons for our success to this point is we, and this is, in, this is fun <laughs> to think about. I talk about it with my partners. And uh, when we started filming our seminars, right, we were originally, we, um, we conducted our seminars and, and that was it, but we started to film them and we had to make a choice. uh <laughs> VHS and DVDs were readily available, right? And that was, wow. that was the course of, of action, especially DVDs, right? We were, we were faced with making a choice. Do we, we build out DVDs, go through the win- inventory and the retailing of these and, and go down that business model? Or do we look at this new thing called streaming,
0: you so know? what year, what, like, I mean, when, and I, when did streaming, what year is this that you're talking and starting to make these decisions?
1: And I, I, I gotta go, well, you know what? I could probably find out, uh, exactly. If I go over here and check it out, cause we, it was 2000, it was two years before that. So it was 2014. Okay. Uh, was, um, was when we had to make that call. You know, okay. and that's a ballpark. I don't remember. It might have been 13. It might even been 12. But, yeah. but streaming was not known, you know, and there were very there was um, it was happening, but it was mainly the, the larger, heavily funded groups that could eat, that could afford the, the, the development programming to to offer that. And um, but we, you know, we found a vendor that could deliver that for us. Okay, and and we we had to make that choice, and we uh, we decided to go down the road of streaming, and uh, and that put us at the forefront of of that because we were one of the very first, uh, certainly in, in the fishing game, you know,
0: yeah,
1: and um and that really gave us a, a a really good base. So once we did, once we went went down that road, where our you know we started to see our revenues. Um, enter into the profitable stage, stage, and, and there to stay, you know. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, what we basically comes down to, we went from being able to give seminars to a couple hundred people in an auditorium to giving that same seminar to an unlimited audience, mm-hmm. um, you know, which uh, which streaming allowed us to do. So that was the, wow. that was the big shift in Bashu, and that's leads us to where we're at today
0: that's the turning point and that's the train that's, that's chugging, man. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. I mean, to, and to, uh, make that decision, uh, you know, is also right. It's, it probably took some capital to decide to, uh, invest into this new streaming thing. And it's like, okay, is streaming going to be a thing in, in the future here? Are we, are we moving from DVDs and that kind of stuff and good on you and your team to make that decision to, to push forward. People were still d- using dial-up internet services back then,
1: right? They, we couldn't stream to them. Uh, we, we're, we, had to, we had to actually wait for technology to catch up a little bit to, so that, you know, people could use it. And, like, the data usage on your phone was a mm-hmm. big problem because, you know, guys, you know, that wanted to use our service, it's costing them a fortune you know, to yeah. to view and stream. But at, but at streaming costs have come down and technology has sure. advanced, it's now it's now more accessible to a lot a lot of people. Um yeah. which is which is great. You know, but but like all other companies we're facing the same thing everybody's facing. Fishing licenses sales are are kind of going back to where they were in 2019 and and uh you know we're in order for us to continue to stay at the top where we want to be, uh, you know, in that space, you know, we've got to make the right calls, you know, moving forward. And, yeah. and, and going to the ASA summit is, was, a, a, a it, it actually happened at the perfect time for me because there's, I was, I had some indecisiveness about, you know, um, I got a lot more clarity now about the direction that I need to be going in 23 and 24. So, uh, so that's, uh, it came at just the right time.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, what we'll do is we'll kind of wrap stuff up here, Pete. Um, one, one, uh, I guess to, to go on, to continue with Bass U, um, you know, do you have anything that you would like to share with us today on, on future stuff, on stuff that you're kind of looking forward to into 2023 or in beyond, um, anything coming down the pipeline that you'd like to share?
1: Well, we're, uh, you know, well, I guess the first thing is I'm really excited about our content, which, uh, is exciting for us. Um, we, I, I, we got to film and this is just from the fish head perspective. I I got Brian Schmidt who I've been wanting to work with, uh, for a long time. Uh, the the grass fishing master is we have a, we have a trio of seminars coming to BashU TV from him that are already in the can been, you know, and edited, ready, ready for launch. And about swim jigs, how his technique there, which is it, it'll blow your hair back, man. I'm telling you, really? I've, I've listened to Bill Lowens and the greatest swim jig fisherman in the world. And Brian has a different, a slightly different approach and a significant difference in a lot of cases. So it's something you're going to mm-hmm. want to watch that and uh, vibrating lipless you know, or uh, vibrating jigs. And uh, as well as his, uh, his drop shotting in the grass for largemouth strategy, mm. um, just and he's Brian. Brian wins at an alarming rate. He has last victories. he has twelve major oh. victories, and it, that's it's that's very there's very few that are in that category.
0: And it's in, in the amount. I mean, you look at his track record. He's got the most Toyota Series wins out there. And you look at his track record on grass fisheries, and if you play fantasy fishing, you are foolish to bet against him in a grass grass setting. Incredible,
1: it 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 really is incredible. And uh, but I, and I the uh and and I got one of my few. Uh, I finished ahead of him at the open on the Chesapeake.
0: Let's go only,
1: <laughs> only because the grass patterns failed. That was not the deal in that tournament so uh you know i i i got a i got a little tiny piece of the grass master but that doesn't happen very often and um but i'm excited about that uh mm-hmm. and and lee livesy uh oh my gosh the the super talent that we just filmed with mike iconelli's a fluke uh seminar just got just got dropped okay uh, that where he 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 shows how to, he fishes it top middle and he has a deep strategy for fishing a fluke that wow, is that's very it's very unique but yeah. the uh we have the bashu app which we launched um over a year ago mm-hmm. and we're gonna the app 2.0 is going to be coming out in uh 2023 oh, very and, cool and very excited about some uh features that we are that we want to bring, which one, one of which is downloads and the download technologies uh, is, is um, become um, advanced. So we, we can offer that
0: now. Uh, so that's going to that download way. a video to have it on the go rather than having to stream it per se.
1: Exactly. So you can watch on the plane, you can watch it overseas. You can watch it when you're out in the woods or, you know, away from a signal, which is, it, it's not a problem except for, uh, you know, we're a, a um, a subscription based company, you know, so like we you have to be able to download without being pirated. Yeah. Right. So that's that's the complexity that I has see. challenged us, um, yeah. which is why we don't have it up until this point. But we're going to have it. And, uh, and and I'm excited about some many other things I'll save uh, for our next conversation. Sure. But we have some cool new uh, features that we're planning for for our app 2.0
0: love it love it well Pete we'd love to get you on again um this has been incredible what I'll do the last thing i like to leave every guest with a uh, final question um basically the your three biggest uh largemouth smallmouth spotted bass where you were when you caught them and what you caught them on
1: oh man well my largemouth and, and beyond and uh, i don't carry a scale with me until now i i have one now but i never carried a scale <laughs> Yeah, Uh, And I, but I have, uh, so I'll give the one that I, I have a trio of 10 pounders, one of which I caught on Toledo bend. And, uh, I happen to be rooming with Ike caught on lipless bait and I threw it in my live while it was practice day for our upcoming tournament. And I'm like, I got to weigh this thing. It's the biggest fish I've ever seen. And, uh, and we put it on a scale and his digital scale went like 9.6, 10.3, blah, blah. It bounced and it settled on 10.01 pounds. So I broke the double-digit barrier and uh, yeah. officially, you know, so yeah. that was really cool. Smallmouth, oh man, I would have to, you know, get there was a, a big one that I caught on Champlain that I'm ballparking at six pounds, okay. which yeah. looked like a grandfather had wrinkles in his face. You know, I'm like, this is no an way. old old fish, yeah, yeah. But it so six pounds is my biggest there, and um. Man, I don't I don't get to fish for spots that much, but if I think back, I would bet that it's about a four to f- five pounder, maybe. Uh I wow. got on a spinnerbait bite on Logan Martin, uh burning a, a one ounce spinnerbait over the flats. And uh and I caught that one day I caught some really big spots. They got that what's that, the Coosa River, I think.
0: Yeah, Coosa River spots, uh, right?
1: Yeah, they've just got their spots are just bigger, bigger shoulders. And, um, uh, that, so that, I, that would be my guess. Let's call it four and three quarters.
0: I like yeah. it. I like <laughs> it, man. Well, awesome. Well, Pete, um, you know, thank you so much for coming on and everyone. I, I'm sure if you are listening to this podcast, you are well aware of Bass University's platform. But, um, if you're not, please check them out. And, um, everything that they have going, their podcast is fantastic. Their subscription services as well. And, um, and Pete, love to have you back on. And next time, uh, the Classic or something, I'll, I'll stop by and we'll have to visit in person.
1: I look forward to it. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for having me on the show. Go to bashu.tv, guys. You can go there and you can subscribe. And we always have a 30-day free trial active there if you just want to dip your toe in and check it out. Uh, but I appreciate, uh, appreciate it, Adam. It was great talking with you and hope to catch up with you soon.
0: Sounds good. All right, Pete, have a great rest of your day. We'll see you well that was an awesome show hope you guys enjoyed it if you can and your app allows it please leave us a rating and review it really helps us get seen more which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys so hope you enjoyed it, and if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And, of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the seer Sangha fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll
1: see y'all on the next one.